Seth, give me a mic test. Test, test. One, two. Looks like we're plugged in. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Welcome to Copy That Radio. Copy that. Seth, what is this? Our podcast. And we are here to tell stories and share stories about life as a first responder. That's correct. I'm a retired firefighter, and you are? A retired police officer. I used what's another, what's another word for Cop. that? Cop. Johnny Law, 5-0. Yeah, we'll skip the derogatory one. <laughs> so a cop and a hose dragger in a room together, telling right. stories. Yes, and we have guests. We have lots of guests lined up. Our friends from all over the country, actually. Seth is from California, where he worked at CHP, and I'm from Florida, Central Florida, where I worked for Lake County Fire. And we have guests that we worked with, guests that we know just from our connections, from courses, seminars, whatever, and then people we've just been connected with over the years. These stories are going to be incredibly entertaining, amazing, tragic, all of that wrapped into one. So uh, be prepared for occasional use of foul language. Um, and some tearjerkers. Some tearjerkers. Yeah, and definitely things some, can be said and told on here that you've probably never heard before. Uh, yeah, and and some some gruesome details. So, we'll we'll try not to have them all the time, but it'll be there occasionally. That's the nature of the job. So prepare yourself. Yeah. Well, that being said, welcome to Copy That Radio, and let's get started. You can find us at Copy That Radio on Instagram and Anchor.fm/slash Copy That Radio is our hosting platform for this show. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are popular: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. And we're the hosts a major podcast platform. Anything else? That's it. Enjoy. No. What do you do now, Seth? Oh, my job. My What's real your, job. What is your job? <laughs> I'm a real estate agent. Uh, I work for 108 Real Estate Team. Uh, we are located up in here, up here in Coeur d'Alene. What about you, Jared? Uh, I own a little training studio called Northland Strength in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and my wife has a little small private school called Northland Training Academy that we just launched. And we're going live next week, actually. Awesome. Sweet. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So that's it. That's us. That's who we are. That's what we do. And if you're ever up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, come visit us. Or you can just shoot us a message on any of the social channels. Let's talk. All right. Here's the next episode. Good morning, Seth. Hey, good morning. Uh, we were just, just laughing because Jared was talking about going to a business meeting today, and I was like, what are you going to wear? And, and he said, I said, uh, it's casual, so shorts. And Seth said, oh, you're going to wear shorts for a change, making fun of me. He because always wears shorts. I don't like pants. Some people would call those short pants. Does that sound better? You can call it whatever you want. I don't like long pants. Is it like a, an issue with uh, feeling free? In your leg area? <laughs> I do have fairly thick legs. Um, Word. But I think it's just the fact that I don't like pants. I don't know what, like there's a specific reason. I like shorts. But probably from growing up in Central Florida and never wearing pants my mm. entire, like, whatever. First, until I was an adult, I had to wear pants for work. The only time I wore pants is when my mom made me to go to church or something, or like a funeral. But this is North Idaho. And even then, I fought it and got to wear shorts sometimes. Like you, you East, Easter shorts? Sunday, I wore shorts. <laughs> Did, have you ever experimented with capris? Like I will not between. wear capris. No? Wear board shorts. I, I see all Gym the shorts. 
and cargo shorts. Those are the only two shorts. All the young guys are wearing capris these days. I think they're cool. No, that's a that's a different topic for a different day. Okay. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, shorts. Like okay. cut off pants. Like if you're living in the islands and you cut your pants off and they are what they are. That's mm-hmm. what capris are supposed to be. But. Do you have any of those zip off pants with the? Ooh, no, I don't. Like the Columbia style. Yeah. No. I think that'd be good. I've had them before, but I don't have any at the moment. Hmm. I have some. The only pants I have like that right now are my camo, my hunting pants, and then um, I have uh, some five eleven pants. What temperature would you switch over to pants at? Pants? Yeah, like, like winter time. I'm pretty sure you wear pants in the winter here. It depends on what I'm doing. Like getting up early in the morning to come work at the gym, I'll put on sweatpants or gym pants. Weak. Oh, I'm not wearing jeans to go to coach people. <laughs> so, uh, other than that, like if I'm doing something, I'm gonna be mostly inside. I'm gonna wear shorts. Okay. If I'm like shoveling snow, I'll put pants on if it's not too cold. Gotcha. I mean, if it's too cold, I'll put pants on. If it's not, if it's like 30 and I'm shoveling snow, I'm probably gonna wear shorts because like, I get really hot. So that's the other reason. I'm also, I'm a very hot person. Like, I sleep really hot. I'm always hot. I've always been like that. Yeah. So pants make me hotter. It's the beard. Uh, no, that makes me look hotter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, let's move on from this. Today, we are talking about what? What are we talking about? Uh, so we uh, we got to hear all about the uh, fire truck and what a firefighter wears the other day. So today, we're going to make it a little bit cooler. We're going to talk about cops. Yes. Oh, cooler. No, I just caught that. Oh, by the way, I caught you. You made a joke on that episode. I made a lot of jokes. I I didn't catch it. I listened to part of it um, when I uploaded it last night. You made a uh, mind blowing joke. Because I have a story I have to tell after you're done today. That did we, you you caught that? Yeah, I did. About the horse. I did. Yeah. In in the last episode, we promised some stories or we talked about stories uh, we were going to tell about dead animals like vehicles versus animals because we've both been to lots of them and I have one very odd specific story about an exploding mini horse mind blowing I will tell that story later I'm so glad you caught that but to counter Seth no cop cars are not cooler than fire trucks That's, that is a falsehood that is fake news folks <laughs> well let's break it down um I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I'm going to start with the uniform like you did. Do it. Uh, so I worked for the California Highway Patrol. Um, it's a rather large department, 7,000 Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, go ahead. We're doing this because one of our Australian listeners, Darren, reached out and so, asked yeah. us to do a quick tour of our apparatus because he was involved in the fire service down there for a short time doing wildfires. But he said he's always been intrigued by American fire engines and also wanted to know what was what a patrol car setup was like. I'm sure those are different down there too. Oh, probably. So that's why we're doing this. Shout out to Darren on Instagram. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, as I was saying, 7,000-ish uniformed officers, probably that many non-uniformed as well. At CHP. Support staff. Yeah, at CHP. Um, so it's a big apartment. To change anything takes time. So we're still wearing wool uniforms that were probably the same wool uniforms from the 1920s. That sexy brown wool from yeah. the Chips show, yeah. if you're familiar. With they are. Uh, American TV in the 70s. Widely regarded as the best looking uniform out there. However. Whoa, that's a big claim. They are also very antiquated. 
antiquated. Antiquated, yes. Thank you. Um, they are wolf, and when they get wet, they smell like a wet dog. That's true. And they're gross. They are. Is, is wolf fire resistant? It is. I've heard that too. Uh, never tested it, thankfully. Not proof, but resistant. Okay, resistant. Good to know. Yeah. Um, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. They look so they're like the harsh abrasive wolf. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, not the soft merino stuff. That's no, nice. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> so that's one uniform that we wear. We have, uh, and with that, if you were wearing that uniform, you might wear the trooper hat. The mount me hat? The, yeah, yeah. The uh, campaign cover, the lid. That's a joke from Super Troopers. <laughs> Many different ways to call it. Uh, I never wore it. I didn't like it. It's, it. In my opinion, it was inconvenient to get in and out of the car with it. With the hat on? Yeah. Well, you, you can't. You, you take it off the dash and you put it on when you get out. Uh, I didn't like it. Just an extra step? Yeah, exactly. Um, but they do look intimidating when you wear it correctly. If you wear How it did you keep the sun off of that beautiful bald head? Uh, sunscreen <laughs> is it. That's it. Because there's no other approved hats. None? None. Um, if you worked in a rural area, I don't want to, I don't want to blow anybody's cover, but we maybe made tan baseball hats with a CHP patch on the front that looked sort of official, Beautiful. but we're not approved. What about like when it's cooler out, could you wear? Okay. Cool. Something? We had a cold weather uniform. Well, what's that? It's, uh, well, hold on, finish your first uniform then we'll talk about cold. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so black leather boots down on the bottom. Like knee-high boots? No, no, no. Oh, some cool. guys, the motors. motors. We'll get a motor on here, and he'll tell you all about his sexy uniform. Um, so black leather boots, tan uniform, the wool uniform, uh, may, maybe or maybe not a, a cover. Oh, and i got to mention, when you wear that hat, you got to wear a brim down, the front brim down. Just scare people? There's the brim down, which is the trooper, and then the front up, which is like the park ranger. Got it. There were some dorks out there that would have it with the front up, and you got to correct them. Good. You let them know you look like a park ranger. Nothing wrong against park rangers. Love you guys, but but there's a different not a trooper. Um, okay, so then we have the duty belt. Uh, well, uh, backtrack. Underneath the wool uniform is your Kevlar vest, uh, which is there's been variations over the years. I've had some that are rather flexible and soft. I've had some that are stiff like cardboard. Speaking um, of, have you seen the new ones? The new flexible soft. Kevlar vest that stop rifle rounds. I need to. I, need, I have not. I want to check that out. Um, yes, because the there are certain rounds that will penetrate the vest, unfortunately. So it's good for some things. It's not stab proof. I'm not going to give out too much information. I'll stop right there. It's Kevlar. It's uncomfortable. You sit in it constantly. You sweat when you sweat underneath it into your t-shirt. It stays wet all day. Yeah. And that's a special place in hell. Having to have having a wet what, shirt t-shirt underneath. under your vest. Now, some ingenious guy along the way sort of solved that problem with a a thing known as the cool cup, which directly hooks up to the AC vent in your patrol car, and through a hose, and then you, you tuck it into your shirt, it blows cool or warm air under your vest, and then it will dry your vest out. Literally one of the greatest inventions to law enforcement of all time. Kind of like our friend Stephen and his noggle. Our friend owns a company called Noggle, and they do little special air vents for kids in cars. It's so it. weird. That's it. I uh, I should have patented this. Someone's going to steal this idea, but I thought about making a version of the cool cup for guys that work in the office. 
the uh, because the admin what too types. much at their desk. Well, you, you can still get uncomfortable because you might be wearing Kevlar. Oh, because they wear their vest. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so it, it would hook to the floor or ceiling vent of an uh, HVAC system and blow it directly into your vest. It's for the carpet cops out there. You know who you are. Do they do desk pops? <laughs> no, never seen it. But you've heard about it. Seen the locker room pop, maybe. Ouch. Accidentally. Um, okay, back to okay. So we got the we got the uniform. Then we got the duty belt. I'll just go through that now because that doesn't Do change for the Tell uniform. us what's on your purse. The duty belt is a leather or leather type belt um, that would go over your another belt and then they connect together with something called keepers and that keeps them together. That keeps your pants from falling down and it keeps your, your duty belt from like twisting or flopping all over the place. Keeps your pants off the ground? Yes. Unless you got no ass, then you, you're dragging. You yeah. gotta have an ass. You gotta have suspenders. That's a whole other world. It's like fat firemen. They have but to the, wear suspenders. Yeah. Our suspenders have to be concealed underneath the uh, uniform. Oh. Which they, they make a special one. I can't remember the brand. Um, so on that duty belt, it has changed over the years. But mm-hmm. uh, my last time I had one on, we had our uh, sidearm, which the current issued sidearm is a Smith & Wesson MMP 40 caliber. I have owned one of those. Yeah. Good gun. I don't have it right now. Uh, no complaints. It was a big upgrade from the last few pistols we had. So uh, you would have that, which not too heavy. Um, the old ones were heavier, much heavier. Uh, and then you'll have two or more spare magazines in a magazine pouch. Um, let me work my way around here. You're going to have one or two handcuff cases. I usually carry two. Uh, then you're going to have like a key holder for handcuff keys, car keys, and stuff like that. Then your radio. It's a large radio, hooks onto your belt, uh, and then you'll have either an earpiece if you're, um, you know, a high-speed type cop and you don't want parolees hearing your radio traffic, or you'll just have a lapel mic, um, and then everybody can hear it. So there's a couple options there. Which do you run? I have the earpiece because because you're high speed. At least medium. High speed, low drag. Medium speed, some drag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also on the belt, you'd have a taser, which takes up a fair amount of room. Um, and a baton, expandable baton, like an ASP mm-hmm. or, or other type brand. Uh, then we also sometimes carried little mics for, we had car cameras and they had a microphone that we would carry on us. Okay. Um, boy, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, pepper spray. Pepper spray. Yep. Well, did it, it's an issue or yep. your own? Everything on that belt would be issue at this point. Flashlight? Ah, flashlight. That's another one. Uh, usually had like a ring, you could hook the flashlight on the back of your belt. If you're working graveyards and you needed it, it yeah. wouldn't necessarily be on you all the time. Mm-hmm. Did um, you carry like a big mag light or a little tactical light? Uh, big like mag light looking light. Yeah. It wasn't a mag light, but it looked like it. Gotcha. Rechargeable. Um, like working graveyards, you would tuck it in between your legs under the, on the seat. That's where you ride with it. Mm-hmm. And then when you, cause when, every time you get out of the car in graveyards, you're taking your flashlight with you and you yeah. don't want to forget it. Did you run a light on your gun? Yes, good question. Not mandatory in our department, and I always had a problem with that. Lots of guys would not run a light on their gun, and that just kind of pissed me off. Um, I was a range instructor, and that I, there's a lot of, it's really important to have a light on your gun if you're, even if you're working day shift, oh, yeah. there are many opportunities you go into a dark home, Correct. and you need that light. Um, so that was a big pet peeve of mine, the guys that did not run lights on their gun. So yeah, I my go-to was a, TLR, uh, high lumen, great little light. 
Um, that, that was always on my gun. Um, I think that's it for the, the uh, belt. So the, the total weight we're looking at, like that belt is 20 plus pounds in yeah. by itself on your hips. Did you run a, a kind of cutting tool, a knife, a multi-tool? Uh, just a pocket knife. Yeah. yeah. Just pocket knife. In the car, I, I usually had my Leatherman accessible because mm-hmm. that was pretty handy um, for helping people out on the side of the road. That was one big part of our job. Yeah. Fixing things. Getting people Correct. back. Feeling, yeah. Mechanics. Flyers. Yeah. Whatever they needed. Um, okay. Anything in your pockets? Like, uh, your oh, yeah. So we all, you always have a, a pen and a pencil. Yeah, a notepad. Gotta write those tickets. Gotta write tickets. Um, if you're doing DUI arrests, driving under the influence, mm-hmm. uh, we had like, you need to take notes. So we had little note cards you would take notes on as you're doing field sobriety tests. Okay. Keep track of everything for your report later on. Like a little notepad, spiral notepad. Yeah, yeah. Some guys use that. I used index cards a lot. Um, so you always you need something to write on because you're doing crash investigations and DUIs and arrests and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, oh, glove. I would always have at least one pair of uh, like a rubber glove, latex glove on me for gross things. Um, and then leather gloves for uh, fighting and handling people. Like searching? Mm-hmm. Uh, Did searching, you run leather or like the tactical ones? Uh, they like A lot of times I had like an Oakley tactical glove. Yeah. Uh, we had knuckle protection. Like and, the puncture proof ones? No, I never had knuckle puncture proof. Uh, so searching I guess someone, you're not doing like a lot of drug work and stuff right no we did um you would just you need to be really careful when you're searching someone you never shove your hand in the pocket right you always pull the pocket and then pull it out so that limits the possibility of getting stuck with a needle never got stuck that's good a lot of needles out of a lot of pockets so yeah just being careful and thorough and methodical that's good yeah uh additionally uh a lot of people had um we would call them like a tactical or excuse me an active shooter vest that would be like a plate carrier mm-hmm. military guys would be familiar with that term and that would uh it would carry a rifle rated ballistic plates so, metal plates so there's metal there's or ceramic right. and there's now polymer ones that are the best they're light and yeah and they're and they're rated for multiple hits with a rifle pretty cool um on that vest i would have a couple of spare uh ar-15 mags and pistol mags Mm-hmm. Uh, as along with like a tactile medicine kit, and that vest goes over everything else. That would go over everything else only if I needed it. Um, doing a like, so you had AR fifteen mags because that is your duty rifle. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. So that vest would just ride in the seat next to me uh, in a, in the event of an active shooter or like a high risk uh, warrant service that popped up something like that. Like if we're gonna boot a door, mm-hmm. throw the vest on real quick. Gives you that little extra protection, and then you have extra equipment if needed. And you were on a team that did that, right? Yes. Um, that team would be like a call out only. So we didn't, uh, it wouldn't be like I'd be driving around and, and go do something with the team. We'd right. have a plan. We're going to be at this certain house at 0500 tomorrow. Um, so you'd have a, we got a whole different uniform for that. Right. Yeah. We'll go over that. Yeah. Maybe another time. <laughs> Maybe another time. That's it. That's good. I'll bring somebody on from the team and we'll. We'll share stories and talk about that. Um, so, back to the uniforms. We had two other uniforms that we wear. One award. Award. Wow. <laughs> Cop. Uh, one was the cold weather uniform, and that was like a like a hmm, almost like a neoprene ish. Um, 
stretchy, super cold. There's like pajamas, water resistant. So would it be like really thick Under Armour? Um, no, they had a few variations. Neoprene seems like it would make you sweat. Yeah, it wasn't really neoprene. It just like, it was the best uniform ever. It was soft and stretchy. So you wore that under the wool? No, or that would be on its own in oh. the in the rainy season or snowy season, depending where you work. I would just wear it all the time. Did you remember it snows in California? I sure did. Um, There's lots of mountains. Yeah, so that would be on its own type of uniform. No wool when you're wearing that. Okay. Um, also tan? Nope, they're blue. Well, oddly enough. Yeah, blue, dark blue. Um, and everything else would have stayed the same. You would just wear that instead of the tan uniform. And with that one, you could wear a baseball hat, a blue baseball hat. So that was the, yeah. That's so weird. It is weird. Uh, they were the best because if it's raining and or snowing and you, it, you can get it dirty, you can wash it in the washing machine. All the wool stuff has to be uh, at a dry, dry clean. Yeah. So. You know what we should talk about one day? We should talk about all the stupid rules in public oh, safety. Gosh. Like completely arbitrary and make no sense rules. Like the rule that you can't wear your cold weather uniform unless it's under a certain temperature for an average amount of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, if it's stupid. cold that day and you want to wear yeah. that uniform, or it's raining and you should be able. To. Yeah, you should. And some areas you can, and some areas. Uh, when I say areas, I mean like area offices. There's 150 right. in the state. Um, some are more strict than others. So I usually worked rural areas, and they were more flexible on their rules, which was great. Um, the third uniform that we would wear uh, was the they called it BDUs. Um, it's like a 511 tactical, mm-hmm. uh, also dark blue. Um, BDU's battle dress uniform, right? Yeah, yeah. The battle sounds too. That's um, a military term. That for the style too scary of the for police work, so maybe right. we shouldn't use the term battle. Uh, well, it just means a, a certain style. <laughs> so they were also uh, approved in rainy weather sometimes, sometimes not. Depending, um, just depending on who your boss was. Yeah, exactly. That's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, but we'd also get to wear them on uh, what when we went on tactical alert. So if there was a natural disaster statewide and we were forced onto 12-hour shifts um, or the work was going to be dirty and disgusting, like firework, um, road closures, uh, we would we would get approved to wear those. Mm-hmm. Riots, the riot, our riot team, we always wore those. Um, they're washable. They're, you can't see the blood stains on them. Right. I'm just kidding. You don't get a lot of blood on us. But... Uh, yeah, much a much better uniform, very comfortable. Uh, so I've spent a lot of time in those. Those are my favorites. You're, you're bringing up some uniform horror stories for me. Because oh, yeah. we had, when I first started, we had a bunch of different chiefs. Our department, the lifespan of a chief averaged like a year. So when you have a bunch of people and one leader that is constantly on rotation, that makes for a disaster. But that's because our government, our county government, was just in general toxic and dysfunctional seems to be a common problem it is a very common problem maybe when we get old we'll remedy that i don't know how but who knows that's a that's a story for another day yeah um (laughs) but we had like every time we get a new chief their uniform procedure would change like our our class a's are our button-ups with our nameplate and our badge and if you whatever pins and ribbons you have you can wear it on that's kind of stupid when you're a firefighter but uh, on duty firefighter um so sometimes that would be mandatory there was one chief that 
tried to mandatory us to do that for 20, the whole 24 hour shift. Like when you get out of bed and that, you got to put that on. And we're like, dude, we, we put on our bunker pants to go on calls at night. Clearly you don't know what's going on here. How did they lose touch with reality? Um, a lot of, there's a lot of people that were a chief like decades ago mm-hmm. and they got in, they moved up the ranks very quickly at a small department and then they, when you're at that level, um, you're a politician. You're not, you're no longer a fire chief. My opinion is if you are at that level, you should routinely go work with the guys at the bottom and see what it's like. Absolutely. I think that's what a good leader does. And I have known a few that do that. So Yeah. And a lot of them came from other departments where they had different strange little cultural policies. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's just weird. But they would be yeah, we went through like every time we have a new like they'd be like we're getting rid of these old shirts, we need a new t shirt design. So I have like I don't even know if I still have them all. I probably have 10 different t-shirt designs in my 14 years. Were you guys required to pay for that? No, the, the county paid for it. Well, that's this is how stupid it is. That. I mean, waste of money, though. Yeah, it's a waste of money. Um, but yeah, uniform requirements were really dumb. Um, and then we have what's called job shirts. It's just like a sweatshirt pullover thing. You promised me one of those. Yeah, well, yeah. it's got a denim collar and denim elbows um, because of those like the wear spots. Mm. Um, but there's a traditional like New England FDNY style. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And they were super comfortable. And if it was even like remotely cold outside, everybody would throw on their job shirt. Because if you had your job shirt on, you didn't have to wear your class A. Perfect. Hey, like, you like, find ways around. Like you would hit 65 rules. in Florida. People were like, oh my God, it's cold. I'm putting on my job shirt. You'd sweat to death. But I'd rather sweat in this thing than... Well, you, well when you go on calls, you take it off. Like you slip it. it off. But yeah. So I, I can't tell you how many times I just, I was just miserably hot in the cold weather uniform, but refusing to take it off. Cause I'm like, I got to take it while I can get it. Yeah. Firefighters, they have a lot more leniency there because they live in a house, like an actual building. So they, they do everything possible to not wear the proper uniform. Good job guys. Um, well, I mean, so it's not another that sounds like a whiny thing, but it really, like wearing a dress uniform on duty just because is really annoying and it, it prohibits you from doing lots of your work. Yeah. So like he'll pull into a firehouse and you see two or three guys running around in shorts and t-shirts and all I have to say is, oh, hey, Chief, we're about to work out. Like, there's, what's he, what's he going to say? Nope. You lie to me. You know, and they're like, no, we, we were, look, literally, we're going to work out. Now, a lot of crews actually work out so that is a, a true story um, and then a lot of bigger busier departments like bigger city departments they don't have stupid policies like that because there's like they know their people are so busy they just want them to be professionals and be really good at their job and mm-hmm. what you wear when you're in the station isn't relevant that sounds logical it does wow yeah that's funny when uh i've heard stories of uh chp like during the rodney king riots mm-hmm. was that 90s uh, yeah, um, they were required to wear what we call a green, our green jacket, which is like the top class A uniform. Mm-hmm. It goes over the tans. Yeah, it's got like it's your dressing metal. It is your, your suit. Dressing. They were required to wear that. And then, working. Yeah, a riot. Stupidity beyond That's stupidity. Completely stupid. Yeah, luckily those days are gone. Cool. All right, back to back to finish. I think we're I think we're done with the uniform. Let's get into the car. It's none of yours. Like your special seasonal or other uniforms had special gear, right? Uh, No, you'd wear the same duty belt with that. And then on your so when you did 
the warm service team and your riots that was a separate setup right? totally separate setup for each actually and that's probably a whole nother talk so yeah we could probably do it let's do it another day the right. riot, i had a whole bunch of gear with the riot stuff mm -hmm. um if we have time today yeah, we probably won't probably not we got exploding more story to tell <laughs> who's that oh we have to finish your car first yeah let's do that so we got through your uniform and you went into your um, tactical vest your um, shooter vest mm -hmm. And we know you have off of your uniform, your duty rifle and flashlight. What else is in your car? So uh, patrol cars, I went through a few of them over the years. Uh, the, my favorite being the old Crown Victoria. The is that classic. because they're, they're fast or comfortable? No, the, or the Crown Vic is a combination of all those things and it's a tank. Um, and it's just, it's spacious enough where it's fairly comfortable. Um, it's a V8, so it's got some power to it. Yeah. And those are the police, or all Crown Vic's rear wheel drive, or just yeah. the police ones? Yeah, I think they're all okay. rear wheel drive. Um, so that was the car I drove for quite a while when I started, and then we transitioned to, um, was it the Charger? I think it was the Explorer, well, Ford Explorer, which right. I also liked. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys complained about those because they don't have quite the acceleration um, or top speed. Yeah, they're probably pretty heavy with a smaller motor. Yeah. And when we put all our gear and radios and equipment in the back, it's a huge, it's overloaded. For sure. Um, so, but they were comfortable to work in. You don't like have to climb down into it. You can kind of climb sideways into it or up. Um, and then we also got the Dodge Charger, which I hate. They're too small. They're, they're, they look good. And they but did it have a Hemi? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So nothing awesome on the performance end. Um, but a general patrol car, they're all set up pretty much the same way. In the trunk, you would have a spare tire, uh, which that's good. I've used quite a bit, changing a tire on the side of the road in your patrol car. Um, you'd have some uh, jumper cables, and we do a lot of jumps on the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, which actually, the car has a like a pigtail on the front end, so you can just plug the cables right into the front. You oh, nice. Pop the hood, yeah. So that's good. Um, we'd have a dog snare, uh, which actually we use quite a bit for stray dogs or other animals running around. Um, I have a, I know a guy that used one as a tourniquet one time and saved someone's life Brilliant. With, a, with a dog snare because that was pre-tourniquet days. Now we have tourniquets, but um, he used that on someone with a severed leg and saved his life with it, which I thought was cool. Um, then we would have flares. Lots and lots of flares. Road flares. flares not not like, the ones you shoot in the sky. No, no, yeah, road flares. They are a way of life. And especially in the wintertime, you would have boxes and boxes of them. Um, then cones for times when you can't use flares in the summertime in Northern California. Mm -hmm. Don't be the guy to pop a flare and car cause a wildfire. Uh, CBs and cones. Um, what about the guy that pulls up to the fire scene and parks on top of the grass and starts a fire? done that before you've done that it's, I know. Fairly, it's fairly common i know joe did it <laughs> joe did it too uh yeah you wouldn't believe how common that is it's pretty common yeah thankfully firefighters have their trash line that's I correct that. i learned that yesterday well if it's a brush truck it's just the line but if it's an engine it's a trash line. i try um uh, what else do we have in the trunk i know i'm gonna forget stuff there's tons of radio equipment in the trunk that i don't know anything about it's just there and it's a lot and it looks expensive um it is expensive. You mean all the stuff that runs your radios? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scanners, all the big stuff is in the trunk, so it takes up a lot of the space. Um, then you would 
Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it in the trunk. Okay, so moving Where'd up. Where'd you keep your rifle? Uh, that'll be in the front. I'll get, I'll get up to there. Um, back seat, our back seats are the like a stock vehicle back seat. It's like fabric, it's comfortable, mm-hmm. not easy to get vomit, uh, urine, poop out of. Yeah, so it's not, a, it's not the plastic ones. Not the hard plastic like ones the, like a sheriff would have. City or city. Yeah. Uh, and the argument for that was that we would give lots of rides off the freeway to normal people, so they wanted them to be comfortable. The downside is if some in custody pisses or shits himself in the back seat, it is now your responsibility to clean it. And it's disgusting. Why would you have to clean it? Um, some areas had people they could refer that out to, some areas did not. So many times we would be in the back with a hose, and mm-hmm. take the seat out and clean Oh, you it. take the cushions out and spray mm-hmm. it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, some vehicles had the fire extinguisher in the trunk, the explorers have it behind the back seat. So actually pretty handy, I've used it a lot. Um, vehicle mm-hmm. fires, stupid things. Saving lives. Small brush fires, yeah, just for fun. Um, lots of reasons. So that's pretty much back seat. There were like, we had pr- prisoner restraint devices. So when we put someone in, we hook the cuffs to a, like a nylon cord that keeps them from reaching around all over and then put their seatbelts on. Good. So they can't choke you. Right, exactly. You had a wall there, right? Some cars had cages, some did not. Wow. Um, when I say cage, that means that thing behind the driver's seat that keeps someone from reaching up and mm-hmm. choking you or doing whatever, spitting on you. Uh, we had a mixture of those in the fleet and they always will keep it that way because some of those cars are used for taking us like multiple officers to riots. So you'd have two officers in the back seat. So having that cage limits the space back there. Yeah. Um, up to the front seat, we had, here's where the guns come in. So in between the front seat, we had an AR-15 and a uh, Remington 870 12 gauge shotgun. Both there in an electro lock. So you need a code to open the lock and then mm-hmm. you can pull them out. Um, the AR-15 is pretty basic, iron sights, um, and it has a pouch on the buttstock that has two spare magazines. And then the shotgun is just loaded as is, both with slings and neither with lights or no lights, no uh, optics. What shells did you run in your shotgun? Uh, buckshot. Yep. What size? So, uh, t- so 12 gauge. Um, three inch? Two and three quarter. And uh, the brands varied over the years, so mm. quite a different, quite a few different. Always brands. buckshot. Yep. Uh, we were not approved to carry slugs or anything else. Kind of a bummer. Slugs can be handy. Um, the AR-15, it was just uh, good quality hollow point rounds on those of varying brands. Um, glove box, we have like various pens and tickets and extra gloves. Gloves in the glove box. Correct. And That's a rare occurrence. Yeah. Oh, radars. Uh, most cars would have a radar uh, unit in the front and the rear, so you can get vehicles coming at you or going away from you from both sides. Um, all that's controlled on the mobile digital computer. Um, and there's a screen there and, and everything's on that. Did you have a handheld, like get out of the car and stand behind a trash can? Uh, you, you can use those. The, oh, the car would have that mounted in there, the beam radar, and then you could check out a handheld unit or a LIDAR, uh, which uses a laser beam. And uh, you can check those out at the beginning of your shift if that was your thing. I have a question. I think a lot of people wonder this. Yeah. How often are all those machines calibrated? 
Oh, uh, so we would calibrate them or check the calibration at the beginning and end of the shift, every shift. Um, and then they would get sent out. I should know this. I used to do this for a job. Um, I want to say yearly to get tested by a lab, an independent laboratory to make sure they're on. So mm-hmm. at least in our cars, they were really accurate. If they were out of calibration, what do you do? Uh, you take it out of service and then not have it for the day until you, we had spares we could swap in and out. So um, anybody that doubts the ticket, yeah, you're gonna lose in court. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, solid. Not, not every city or county no. does that, right? No, definitely not. And I'm sure there are places that they are not as well maintained, so. Gotcha. Yeah. How far out could one be? Oh, a thousand, a thousand feet. No, 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 how many, how many miles per hour off? Oh. If it's out of calibration. Uh, it's like one or two, it's, it's barely minor. Yeah. So, um, it wouldn't take much to pull it out of service, but it was really rare. I never had any, really never had any issues with them, um, having issues, uh, like not working correctly. So, okay. They were pretty squared away. You're talking a lot about radars, you're making me uncomfortable. Why? I think a lot of people are curious about that. I've always been curious, like, how do I know this guy is up to speed, like this yeah. machine is up to speed? Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the machines are probably good. Where you might have issue is, like, if there are multiple cars on the roadway. I don't want to give away too many secrets here. But if there are multiple cars on the roadway, and then it's the perception of the officer of... To which car it was. Which car it was. And sometimes it's, like, a no-brainer. It's obviously that one car. It's always the red car, right? For sure. I, well, so I have been stopped in the middle of cars, like yeah, going the same speed as all the other cars. Yeah. Hopefully. By a trooper in Florida. That'd be hard to write a ticket on that. I got a ticket. Yes. I mean, if everyone was going the same speed and you were all speeding and you just got the unlucky draw, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's where LIDARs are really good because they are specifically targeting one vehicle. Like you'll you'll put the laser beam on the license plate of, or of the car and yeah. you know it's that car, so I those are much more. Gotcha. I mean, you, that would be a hard one to fight. Um, let's see. I think I've covered about everything. So most of the cars are set up the same. We our department also had uh, commercial inspection trucks that would be like a Ford F two fifty with mm-hmm. a camper shell on it, and they have. I would have to get one of those guys in here. They had tons of gear in there as far as they can weigh. Commercial vehicles on mm-hmm. on the side yeah, of the road. So they have portable scales. Yeah, they'll have uh, like uh, radiation detection units and all kinds of cool crap. So, so they handled more like um, tractor trailers. Yeah, stuff like that. Yep, any kind of commercial vehicle. Um, you ever get fire trucks pull over? No, no, no. I was pretty laid back. There's some uh, horror stories of that in Florida for sure. Really? Due to getting arrested. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it, and I've heard of like fighting at a scene of a crash because yeah. the fire truck's blocking the road and some cop gets all uppity about it. I don't, um, I don't think there's a lot of debate anymore because the volume of people getting killed on the side of the road is yeah. dramatically increased. Yeah. So everybody wants the fire engine there to block the scene. That was my always my understanding. Uh, obviously, you got to open the flow of traffic at some point. But well, it's clearly things, the fireman's understanding. Yeah. So I, I'm, like, I'm all for it. You I, got four or five, six people out here working, I'm gonna protect them with my giant fire engine. I always appreciate that, just for the record. Yeah. You ain't gonna bother me. Um, and I've also seen guys get upset with like firefighters coming in and moving, moving, you know, evidence if it's a fatal 
yeah. crash. Um, yeah, most most people should know not to do that. Yeah, uh, sometimes you're dealing with like a volunteer department and they're yeah, they don't they don't, they don't, they don't they're not up to speed. Yeah, I also never got real bent out of shape about that. It, it is what it, it is. is. What it is. Yeah. It is what, what it is. Uh, prioritize life and our right. lives while we're on the side of the road. For sure, in my opinion. Um, the Florida statute says that if there's any type of hazard from the vehicles, and we deem it a hazard, the firefighters deem it a hazard. It is a fire scene. So if you take your trash line out of the front bumper and throw it on the ground, engage your pump on your engine, it is now a fire scene. Interesting loophole. Yeah, so they cannot make you move your stuff. Hmm. We did not have that. So, and you see that fluid leaking under there? I don't know what that is yet. I haven't checked it. I haven't had time because we're working on patients. So until I figure out if that's gas or not, this is a fire scene. I'm, you can I'm, go scream at somebody else, Mr. Trooper. Yeah. That's so weird. I can't I can't stand when guys would like oh we're all on the same team in my it has always been my opinion of that. Like Absolutely. other departments also. I've seen a lot of that. There were guys more old timers I would say that that Yeah, uh, a lot of beef there. Beefing with like other police departments or sheriff's departments and like that whole we're better than you kind of attitude. I mean yeah. it was stupid to me. Like yeah, these are the guys that are gonna have my back when I'm it's a know, pride thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of dumb. It is dumb. Um, and there was a guy in the county next to us got arrested by a trooper for refusing to move a apparatus. Really? Yeah. I have, uh, uh, that just blows my mind, first of all. Like, that should be something that can be handled with some adult communication. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure whatever charge it was got thrown out. Yeah. I had, when I, when I first started, so sometimes the volunteer departments can be a little bit of a problem. Not all of them. Some of them are amazing. But I had when I first started. It was a very rural area. And um, I remember one of the guys showed up. And he kind of smelled like alcohol. One of the volleys? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like... But we were so busy. um, I think all I did was like mention it to the... Whatever commanding guy they had on scene. And that dude disappeared real quick. But that, that was... You know, come on. Yeah. Can't be having that. No. That's a problem. Um, Ooh, you have a story about that? About, about a chippy? No, yeah, showing up drunk. I'm gonna bring um, I'm gonna bring Don on Papa Don. He yeah. lives in Montana now. He's retired. He was a integral part of that uh, arrest. So we had to arrest a supervisor for showing up. A fellow state trooper. Yes, showing up drunk to court. Not that's cool. A, uh, that was a horrible. That's rough, man. Horrible feeling for all of us. I'm sure he was struggling with some things in life, and yeah, like it was just bleeding into his work. But that's yeah, it still has to be done. Yeah, and as a junior officer at the time, it was like really messed with me. It was really hard to do. Felt like a rat, but it was the right thing. So um, yeah. we'll tell that story. We'll get Don on here, and he'll love to tell that. I understand that too, because at our department, um, back in the day. We are a department in the 80s consolidated all the volunteer districts into the first paid department in our county. Hmm. And then over the, those next, there were still volunteer stations, but they were part of the county department, not, not their own districts. And then through, over the years, as it grew, those that first 10 years or so, our department um, kind of just promoted people because they were there. Hmm. Like there was even a time where like, if you've been here a year, Full time, you got promoted, like Ooh. because they need they needed bodies. That's a and bad strategy. And there were other promotions after that that were, uh, well, it is a bad strategy, but like they really had no choice. 
right? There was nobody to hire, nobody to pull from, nobody it was growing. Yeah. Accounting was growing. Um, a lot of weird stuff kind of culminated to create that environment. Um, definitely the wrong choice, but they did what they had to do. But uh, our generation, all the people that started in the, let's say the late 90s and early 2000s, if that was your hiring range, um, a lot of us were really switched on. Like, this is our job, this is our profession, we're going to be the best that we can, like, we went to school full time for all the extra stuff we did all, we were very proud of what we did and intentional about our job. And a lot of those older people, that, some of them, quite a few were still around, and they weren't. They didn't care. They didn't follow policies or procedures. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were actually incompetent. And because of us, they either ended up getting retired or some of them even got fired. But like you go on a scene and you have to write up an officer that's been there for 15 years. Awkward. It's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a good feeling. Nope. And you know a lot of them, you new guys, you're just full of shit and you just want to do change everything. Like, uh, No. This is how it works. I'm not gonna. What, I'm not gonna cut that car up until it's stabilized. Like I'm, you can go pound sand if you think you're gonna tell me to do that. Or I watched a guy drop a car on somebody once. Oh, a patient. Yeah, that's bad. When that you're trying to lift a car off somebody, you're not supposed to drop it back on them. That can be avoided, right? If you do it Definitely the right should way. Definitely should be avoided. That is easily avoidable by following standard practices and procedures. <laughs> And also have like just having a base level of competency and knowledge. But if you came from that world where you were just existed and were allowed to be there and got promoted because you were there, um, you don't have that competency and that knowledge. It's not possible. So are you saying there is a problem with the promotional process in public safety? Definitely. Well, that's that problem probably doesn't exist in many places. Oh, anymore, man. but there are lots of problems, yes. We go on for days. That's another show. That's All right. another show. Are we done with your car? I want to tell this horse story. Yes, but let me briefly touch on that we had a lot of other vehicles that okay. I am not knowledgeable on firsthand, but we will have people that are. Did you have any of the SWAT type stuff like the... Yes. Uh, we'll get Tyson on here because okay. he's on the SWAT team. Oh. He'll, he'll give us... My boy Tyson? Yeah. All right. Yeah, he'll give us the scoop on that. Um, we did, yeah, we had like, I think a Bearcat... Okay. Like the big armored yeah. vehicle. Um, we also had tons of motorcycles. So the, the motors, which are, you know, mm-hmm. with a punch and whatever. Oh, he always the guy's name. They show his chips, but. John? Is it John and Punch? I think so. I should know that. You I should. Know. You were one know. of them. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so let's talk about Tyson real quick. Strange story. Seth and I. Seth moved here a year ago. Yeah. And he's from California, CHP. And I have a friend through a group of strength coaches that is one of the strength coaches in our group in our method and he and Seth know each other from CHP he's also a CHP officer so it's just a strange story about weird small world yeah uh, yeah so we'll, he's got probably great stuff to talk about if we can convince him to come on yeah he's still working so I don't yeah he's also teaching um, firearms right now yeah he's doing he's an instructor and he travels and does other trainings too so mm-hmm. Um, so we also have helicopters and fixed wing aircraft. I, I, I will what the fixed wings do? Fight um, for drug stuff? Uh, they did all sorts of stuff. They were great in pursuits. Um, they had some pretty cool cameras on there and okay. FLIR, mm-hmm. uh, infrared. Um, and then we use them for speed enforcement sometimes. Oh, okay. They would pace vehicles. Uh, I've seen that where they fly over the highway. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, we, I'd have to get somebody in to tell you all the things they do, but our helicopters were probably the most widely used. Also really good in pursuits because they're super maneuverable. Um, our guys were hoist rated, so they would do rescues. They had a paramedic on board. That's I have cool. a good friend that did that, and, we'll, and he's got some amazing stories of rescues in Yosemite and other crazy places. That's awesome. Yeah, we would also use them um, anytime we were doing a civil disturbance or a riot. We always had aircraft overhead, which gave us the edge over Antifa. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we'd always have fixed wing. They had infrared abilities, and they could you know, radio us down the position of all the riders in real time. So super handy. Awesome. And that. Now, let's talk about exploding horses. <laughs> uh, let's... Um, preface this. How's that for a segue? No, no segue at all. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me get choked up. You get choked up about. No. Do you know the horse's name? Uh, no, I don't know that. That's Meaning? a particular horse's name. Meaning? So Seth and I were talking recently, and we realized we've both been to a very large volume of vehicles versus animals, and mostly it's wildlife. But sometimes mm. it's a very odd situation for the odd animal. Um, be anything from you know livestock cattle goats horses like we're gonna talk about in a minute to family pets like dogs or i've even seen um uh, some i think i'm gonna say like an emu or an alpaca or something weird like that Whoa. i wasn't yeah. there but that happened one day at our apartment yeah um it's, sad. it's pretty adorable seth is a big fan of alpacas and uh, narwhals and narwhals never yeah. seen a narwhal get hit by a car though i don't think you'll see that one you never know it's true. It's some weird shit. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so... Anyway, we're talking like bears, deer, all the standard wildlife. That's totally normal and is the regular. Um, but I'm going to tell the story about an exploding mini horse. So if you don't want to hear this, um, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> but if you want to hear it, here we go. So our... Department. I, I got to say, I'm not laughing because it's like funny, it's horrible and tragic, but like... You know, it's that dark humor where you, you like, all I can do is laugh, I guess. You got to find the funny moments in this. Um, yeah, these stories are funny. I'm, I'm just going to say that. It's funny. Go ahead. It, it is what it is. Did a horse die in the making of the story? Absolutely. It did. Oh my gosh. Did it suffer? Not just a horse, a mini horse. Oh no, it didn't suffer. Okay. There was no suffering. At least there's that. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, where I used to work is also where I grew up in Central Florida, Lake County, Florida. If you look at a map. Lake County makes like the shape almost of a dog leg and it surrounds the north and west side of Orange County, which is the city of Orlando. Hmm. So all the five counties in Central Florida, um, the five bigger counties are, like they're all Orlando Metro now. There's a big beltway that goes around the city and loops through all of them somehow or another. Um, they all are suburbs of Orlando at this point. Growth is grown exponentially the last 15 or 20 years and most of the rural communities are now suburbs so where we grew up you could get downtown Orlando in like 45 minutes just jump on one of the highways or now there's a toll road like big way the toll road that's like even shorter maybe 35 minutes to get downtown um, it doesn't take very long so everybody would go down there and you know hang out have fun party do whatever um, and when we were younger this is I think this was right after I started with the fire department. Way back. I'm trying to think if I was a volunteer, like still in school, or right after I got hired. I think it was right after I got hired. Actually, I'm positive it was, because my one friend that I went to school with, he was in the truck with me, 
and he had not been hired yet. So I, I remember that. So right after we hired him. We're driving home from downtown one night. I was the designated driver. Um, two of my friends were kind of hammered and they were more or less passed out. Just to clarify, he was in a personal vehicle, not a fire truck. Oh yeah, we were driving home from downtown. This yeah. was in our, in my, it was actually my friend's truck. Because um, he drove down there and couldn't drive back. So, and I don't, I don't know. When all my friends want to have fun, I've always kind of offered to be the, the driver. I don't know why. It's just noted. <laughs> not saying I haven't had my day, but more <laughs> often than not, I would end up driving. So uh, we're driving home, and we're coming down this. There's one stretch we went like the, what would be considered the back way home down a bunch of country roads out in the woods, and when there were still woods there. Um, and we're, there's a long stretch and there's tons of bears and deer that get hit along this stretch. So many bears, in fact, they put up miles and miles of fence and funnel them all under the highway to like one or two little tunnels that go under the highway. I'm so surprised there's that many bears in Florida. There's more bears than you could count in Florida. No matter what the biologists tell you, there's thousands and thousands Great. of bears. That's a side note. They opened the first bear hunting season. The year we left Florida and moved to Tennessee, they opened the first hunting season for bears since like the 70s. It was like 30 years. Wow. And the biologists had their estimated number of bears. They're like, okay, we're going to let this many bears be harvested because there's, you know, the population's getting too big now. And the population's so big, they're in all the cities. Like, they're in downtown raiding trash cans and every neighborhood has them. They're just bears everywhere. It's crazy. And they are very big in Florida because they don't hibernate. They just eat all year. So, like, a big 500-pound black bear is normal. Really? I, I was, like, thinking they might be smaller and, like, smoke mats or something. No, they're massive. That's crazy. Florida and the coastal Carolinas have, the I think, some of the biggest black bears in the country. Hmm. Because the, the bears up here get that big, but there's not many. Most of them are, they hibernate and mm-hmm. cycle through binge eating and not eating for months or whatever. Um, but a, a good bear in most places is like two or 300 pounds. Bears down there get four or five, even bigger. Damn. Yeah. Um, and somebody might jump on here and tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate statement. Okay. So, don't get too far off. Bears. This road's section is full of bears, full of deer, wildlife that crosses here so much that there's fences. And once you pass the fences, there are a bunch of farms. It was and still is mostly farms. Um, and so there's some suburban stuff there now, but that's one of like the last holdout areas. It's still like old Florida. Um, so we're cruising, come around a big corner, and it's two-lane county road, and we see all the lights. Fire truck, ambulance, cops are all sitting there on the side of the road. So, you know, us being us, as me, I was recently hired and my buddy was, um, he was with me, he was still alone. He was actually passed out in the backseat, but he was a volunteer waiting to get hired. Um, so we pull up and obviously guys we know are working the engine and they were like, you guys won't believe this. That was more or less what they were saying. And I was like, oh, what is it? And like, come see this. So I pull up, you know, past all the trucks, I park and I get out and, um, there's nothing going on. There's no patients. There's no like hazards. It's just, they're all just there. Um, so my two friends, they stayed in the truck and one was, one was actually passed out and one was just like, I'm going to stay here because I have to. <laughs> so he stayed there and, um, so we get out and we're walking around they're all walking around like up and down the road, all the people, the first responders. 
And I said, hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, come look at this. And I was like, what? Okay. Like, what's so cool out here? Like, I don't even, can't even imagine what this is. And they're like, it's a horse, but you've never seen this before. And I was like, okay. So I go look around the front of this pickup truck. And the side of the truck was damaged. The front fender was damaged. And there was a spot on the side, like the, around the door or right at the start at the front of the bed that was dented. And it, it looked like not a lot of damage for a horse. Horses are big animals. And if somebody hits a horse, it's like uh, out here hitting a moose or an elk. You know, it, it destroys the car. Yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm walking past this truck. Like, there's, there's no damage. Like, what's the big deal? What could have happened? And we get around the front of the truck. And there's this body laying there. The body of an animal. And I couldn't even tell what it was. It was just a body. No head. How big? It was bigger than a dog, oh. but smaller than a horse. Mm. And it looked kind of funny. And it was headless. Like cleanly cut off head? Like perfectly sheared off. Ooh. Like a scalpel. Wow. And it's a mystery here. I, I was like, is that like a some weird goat? Or what? <laughs> I, they, I couldn't tell what it was. And they're like, no, it's a mini horse. And I was like, oh, okay. This is before the whole like... Uh, there was a popular mini horse craze a while back. Oh, they're still there. <laughs> As before, I don't even know if people know what mini horse. This would have been like early 2000s. So, they're like, yeah, it's a mini horse. And I was like, well, where's the head? And they're like, we don't know. We can't find it. Did it get hit like a football? Um, sort of, yeah. Punted? <laughs> it was something. <laughs> so we started looking around. And I'm like, all right, I'll help you, whatever. I got nothing to do. These guys are asleep in the truck and... I'm just going to drop now them off. Curious. I'm going to drop them off. And yeah, this is interesting. So I started walking around. We're walking around and then helping them look for this missing mini horse head that was perfectly sheared off by the front end of this. Uh, actually, it was an F-150. I remember the truck. Did, did uh, because you've probably seen this, did it go into the engine compartment? No, not at all. Not nice at all. Oh, man. No, just the little dents on the front fender and... So the dents on the side where the body had bounced around and smashed into the side. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking around everywhere and nobody can find the head. Like everybody, there's an ambulance, a fire engine, cops, and the guy driving the truck. The now horse. it's just a mystery and, and now everybody we, wants to solve it. Everybody's like, where is the horse's head? Because it's something like... Maybe it never had a head to begin with. You can leave it out there, but you should probably clean that up. Yeah, like, that's yeah. gross. Yeah, I don't know. It was in the country, so those people aren't really that upset about stuff like that. But um, so we're looking around, looking around, and there's. I noticed there was like, there was a splatter, like a little bit of blood splatter on the hood. Um, but I noticed there were some of that was chunky, mm. and I was like, oh, what? The? All right, that's interesting. And then on the road, there were some more chunks. Like how big? Mm, like. Like bite size, like small. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, like Disturbing. one, two inch little chunks, maybe. No Not that big. <clears throat> um, so those were chunks, and I started looking at them, and I, I got down, picked one up, and it was like a little skull fragment with some some oh, brain goo on it, and there was some more and some more and some more, and this horse is the front corner of this truck, like the fender hit the horse like hit just the head of the horse 
on like the head, head was sticking out on the road and the front fender clipped it and the head exploded into a billion pieces like wow. vaporized the head and there didn't damage the body at all except for the body it spun around and bounced into the side of the truck because the truck it was like a 60 mile an hour area so the truck was going fast enough that it sheared the head off perfectly at the base or the top of the neck base of the skull and the head turned into mist mm. Mind-blowing. That was the jokes I've made in the last episode. Thank you. I'm so glad you uh, caught that. But that's the only time I've ever seen anything quite like that. Like, the odds of it shearing that off perfectly and not damaging the rest of the horse's body are almost... That's almost impossible. Some weird shit happens out there. It does. Yeah. I, uh... Is that story done? I don't that story is done. Yeah, we, I mean, we solved the mystery. I have an interesting deer story. Now, I have seen probably hundreds of deer hit by cars. So all parts of a deer that should never see the light of day, I've seen. Um, but one crash in particular, this was in Humboldt County. Uh, we got a call, motorcycle down. So we get there, the medics are already there. Uh, me and my partner come walking up, and as we're walking up to the scene, I see on the ground this piece of flesh, and I, upon closer inspection, see that it is a tongue. And I'm oh. like, oh shit. So, I don't know what kind of tongue it is. It looks like a tongue. I walk, we come up to the medics and they're working on the patient as a motorcyclist and he's uh, pretty bad shape into the guardrail. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, they're talking to him and he's, you know, pretty unconscious, but I'm like trying to get their attention. I'm like, Hey, like, have you guys been talking? Has he said anything? Uh, no, not yet. Like, can you look at his mouth? Does he have a tongue? And, uh, they, uh, <laughs> pull his mouth open and his tongue is in there. I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. So, now I'm like, where the hell does this tongue come from? It's in the road. So we start looking at the motorcycle and we realize there's deer hair in the front. And we're like, okay, he hit something. Um, so we finally tracked down this deer that had launched into the bushes and lo and behold, I pulled his mouth open, no tongue. Did it, it bite like, I don't know. No, it was like from down deep. It was like the full tongue, like six inches long at least. Like it got hit so hard it just Yes, it launched it. his tongue right out of its mouth. Whoa. The rest of the deer was pretty intact, you know, obviously broken and dead, but uh, it didn't explode. But just the tongue launched right out of its mouth and laying on the road. That's crazy. How weird is that? I've never seen that. Yeah. I've also seen deer fetuses come out of a deer that have been hit. Oh, that's gross. Uh-huh. Um, and deer hearts and deer lungs and deer brains. Yeah, like all the organs. Eyeballs. Separate. And everything. Good. Yeah. I've seen that. That's pretty disturbing. <clears throat> um, I hit a deer at 105 once while yeah. responding code three to a call and uh, terrifying experience, but also it vaporized the deer. All of its insides shot out of its ass and its mouth oh. and uh, covered my patrol car in like this green red goo. Gross. And my airbag went off and that smell, as you know, that smell of like airbag and deer gut is forever burned into my brain. Yeah. And I hate it. Doesn't go away. No, no. Um, so like, well, when we're out hunting next time, don't, don't let that overwhelm you. Yeah. Don't, <clears throat> don't pierce the gut. I don't want to smell that. <laughs> no. Do a little airbag in the mix. It's all over. Yeah. I mean, as long as the airbag's not present, we'll be Yeah. Okay. I think I'll be okay with that. <laughs> I, uh, I also, I, I told you the story. I don't think I told it on here though. I was, once I was driving down the freeway in my patrol car and uh, the, there was a car, in fr- I was in the number one lane, the fast lane. Mm-hmm. There was a car in front of me in the number two lane probably about a hundred feet in front of me. And I watched this deer 
run full speed across the freeway and then directly into the driver's side door of that car and it exploded. What? Yeah, the deer um, literally chunks, guts everywhere from the impact. I mean, it was probably going 30 miles an hour. The car was going 70. It hit the side of the car? It hit the side of the car and just exploded. That is weird. It showered my patrol car in guts as I drove through. So I got it all on video and I had this video for a long time and it was called Deer Explosion and you still have that file? No, it burned up. Oh. Fire. Uh, I had it on DVD. And it was like disturbing to watch, but also really interesting because you're like, how is that even possible? Um, that no one was hurting that, but I did. I pulled over. The lady was definitely shook up and she couldn't open her driver's side door. There was guts all over everything. Gross. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. A lot of deer get hit in Florida. Even some bears, um, definitely farm animals. Mm, my uh, my wife came on a first time. She came on a ride along with me in Humboldt County. We dragged a dead bear out of the road. The two of us together. It was a really, it was a good bonding experience. That's cool. Yeah. Lost After fun. you were married. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come see what I do. That's pretty much it. I dragged dead shit out of the road. It's like a large portion of my. In NorCal, there's a bunch of lions. Ever have any lions get hit? Ooh, so I never had a lion get hit, but we would see them all the time. Uh, working graveyards up in Humboldt County, they would, because uh, we were constantly dragging dead deer out of the road during mm-hmm. the running season, because um, the, the bucks would get all stupid. Mm-hmm. So there would be deer carcasses all along the highway, and very frequently we'd see a big old lion just chilling there, gnawing on a dead deer, uh, which makes it pretty uncomfortable when you're making a traffic stop at three in the morning and your back is to the woods and you're like, I've seen the lions here, they're huge, they're massive. <laughs> That's awesome. Please don't attack me. Yeah. I haven't seen one since we moved here. I've seen panthers no. in Florida, but never. No, yeah. I haven't seen a mountain lion up close. They're more elusive up here. Maybe. That'll happen soon since we're talking about it. Oh, yeah. It's on your mind now. We're hunting this weekend, right? Yep. Excellent. Sunday. Sunday. I'm hunting all weekend. No, I think I can only do Sunday. That's fine. Duty calls. I got to go to work, show some houses. You don't work. 10 8 real estate. 10 8 real estate. Hit us up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's say it. it's been a little over an hour, and I'm glad we got to the mini horse story. That's an interesting story. We kept talking about it. That is a really interesting story. Um, yeah, when you could like break down all the stuff that happens in a crash, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I, I heard a story once. I, I didn't hear this firsthand, but I heard that a story of a two younger people driving in a truck in fog, and they hit a homeless woman on the side of the road. And she was immediately decapitated. The head went through the driver's side windshield and killed the passenger. What? Yep. That's a real story? Real story. Dang. I know. Oh. Weird stuff happens. Uh, and sad. I talked about Kara the other day. What's yeah. that? Was that last episode? Yeah. Or a couple weeks ago. Um, one of my good friends, Kara, she's a battalion chief now at a different department than the one we started at. But she told me a story recently that was the same thing. Somebody hit somebody on the interstate, mm-hmm. and their arm came through the window and hit them in the face. Ugh. Slap. <laughs> That's nuts. That's nuts. Weird stuff like that happens. It does. Vehicles versus pedestrians is a whole other podcast. That yeah. was pretty gruesome. You know, I might be wrong. I thought I want to say hit him. I thought she said it hit him. I'll have to have her tell a story. I don't know. I also had but a friend. It definitely came through the window. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be going down this road. But I had, I had a friend down in Southern California that had a crash where a woman was hit on the side of the road and her breast implants launched out of her body. Oh. And that's actually, I think they identified the body with the breast implants. Yeah, there's, they're numbered, right? Yeah. 
uh, because the rest of the body was just destroyed. Destroyed, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know it's one of the ways to dental records and implants you can identify people. So, moral of this story, don't walk around on the freeway. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get hit by a car. And, and don't and let your mini horse out at night. Don't let your mini horse out at night. Oh, and trains. Don't mess around with trains. Oh, that's, a, yeah. Um, I, our department had a few of those. I was never on them. Mm. I don't remember one. They're not names. pretty. No, that's gross. Mm-hmm. On that note. Alrighty then. <laughs> hey, let's go eat breakfast. Um, yeah, that's great. Are we, are we going <laughs> to have lunch today? Is this lunch? Yeah, let's, uh, I think, I think I'm good for that. Okay, now so I'm going to go cook some sauce. After you go get some work done, and then I'll see you at lunchtime. That sounds wonderful. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this strange episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Copy That Radio. We hope you enjoyed it, and where can you find us, Jared? Ooh, you can find us at copy that radio on Instagram or anchor.fm slash copy that radio and also everywhere podcasts are hosted Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google and all the other major platforms. Fantastic. And if you're looking to relocate to North Idaho, please hit me up at my business, 108 Real Estate. You can find us on Instagram at 10 written out T E N underscore 8 Real Estate. And you can find me at Northland Strength on Instagram or at Northland underscore CDA. Those are my business and my wife's business. Well, thanks again. And we hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.